You're listening to TCRG to CEO Radio with your host, Courtney J. TCRG. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to this episode of TCRG to CEO Radio. I'm your guest host for today, Diana Dirsch, and I am here filling in for Courtney J., who is the usual host of this podcast. Uh, you may have heard me recently on the podcast. I came and did a roundtable episode with Courtney and our friend Annabelle Bouguet back this summer, um, and I've been on a handful of episodes since the podcast's inception. I'm here to host because Courtney has been a busy lady. If you've followed her at all recently, you would know this, <laughs> that she is just really crazy in Aractus prep mode and dealing with workshops and everything else that comes along with this season of teaching. So I convinced her to let me do a guest episode of the podcast for her and just to kind of help the, the podcast keep going even though she is busy and also to kind of tide me over until... Annabelle and Courtney and I get to record another girls roundtable, which eventually we will get to. So today we're talking about communication between dancers and teachers, and I have titled this episode Dear Teacher. It's been a very interesting topic for me to research and think about. Obviously, this is something that I've dealt with in one way or another throughout my own career as a dancer. And I talk with a number of dancers regularly, just about Irish dance in general. So this is not the first time that it's come up, but I am definitely excited to be here and to discuss this with you today. So before we get any further, let's do a little bit of housekeeping here. If you're not already following Courtney on Instagram, make sure you go and do that. Her handle is at Courtney J underscore TCRG on Instagram, and she posts fairly regularly on her feed as well as some question and answer stuff on her stories. And she's not doing that quite as often now because of how busy she is, but she does try to jump on there once in a while at least. Uh, you can also join the listeners-only Facebook group. It is the TCRG to CEO podcast community. That's the group name. It's also linked in the show notes. Or you can find it by going to facebook.com slash group slash TCRG to CEO. To join the group, all you have to do is answer a few questions. She'll get you approved and you can jump right in. Uh, she posts conversation starters for the different episodes that are released. Uh, you can also ask questions or get feedback from the other studio owners or up-and-coming teachers that are a part of the group. Last but not least, you can subscribe to the newsletter, the e-newsletter. Um, it's for TCRG to CEO Radio specifically, and you can do that by going to her website, CourtneyJTCRG.com. Um, she will post or send out, rather, uh, updates on the podcast and how you might be able to get involved with future episodes. So let's jump in a little bit further here as kind of an intro like I said, frequent podcast listeners might recognize my voice from the past times I've been a guest here. If you want to go back and listen, or you haven't already, um, you can get to know me a little bit better back in episodes 12 and 14, when Courtney just basically did an interview of my dance career and experiences to date. I also came and did a world's recap with her. It was a two-part episode, or 
It's a two-part parter. That was episodes 22 and 23, where we discussed the CLRG World Championship format after that happened in April. And then last but not least is the roundtable episode, which is episode 29 from the summer. And that was a really fun one to record with Annabelle. And we will be doing another one soon. So overall, I'm a lover of the podcast and of podcasts in general. I'm very excited to be able to host this. And so when I pitched the idea of hosting for her, topics came pretty immediately to mind. Um, I didn't really care what I talked about, but we ended up settling on today's topic of communication. So as a dancer myself and not a teacher... Uh, Even though I have had teaching experience, I would not consider myself a teacher, at least not at this point in my life. I am approaching this from more of a dancer's perspective, but because this is TCRG to CEO and not dancer to CEO or something else, I do want to tie it into teaching as much as possible. So I know we have a lot of dancers that listen or up and coming teachers that listen. Uh, So I definitely am going to be aiming it at the teachers, but there's going to be a little bit in it for the dancers as well. And I think overall, at least what I'm trying to communicate through this podcast is just in support of opening lines of communication, having those conversations, uh, and making sure that everybody's on the same page. So in preparation for this episode, I asked two questions of those that follow me on Instagram and Facebook, uh, as well as those who follow Courtney and who are listeners of the podcast. Um, So for dancers, I basically asked, what do you wish your teacher knew? And for teachers, what do you struggle to communicate to your dancers? So in answering those questions, I am going to go over all of them. At least I'm hoping that I didn't miss any. But I am going to also draw on a little bit of my own experiences just to kind of cap off, you know, add add to the responses that we got. Uh, I also did have several good conversations with some of the people who responded, and I've had a number of conversations relating to this in the past, too. So this is not just a, a recent issue that I've seen. I think everybody knows that communication is like a never ending opportunity for improvement, uh, no matter what you're in, just in life in general, relationships in general, right? I also will say, too, most of the corner of my Irish dance world is the senior group. As a senior lady myself, you know, that's where I compete. Those are the those are my people. Right. You know, those are the people that I associate with most frequently in the community. And um, I've been a part of the senior lady group for a number of years now. And seniors have their own unique challenges to being (laughs) dancers and in their relationship that they have with their teachers. I actually facilitate an accountability group on Instagram, and almost all of them, there's a couple dozen girls, almost all of them are seniors. And we talk daily about, you know, keeping each other accountable, but we talk about various aspects of dance um, and how we can improve and the struggles that we're having and the victories that we've had. And I've heard all sorts of things from these girls. I mean, I would say the majority of them are really happy with their school and with their teacher and with where they're at and the kind of support that they're getting. But a lot of them have really challenging things that they're dealing with with their teacher. And I've heard it all. Well, hopefully not at all, but I've heard a lot. 
and feedback just from this group and just from the experience of facilitating this group and, and kind of mentoring these ladies as we prepare for Oroctus or whatever their personal goals are right now. So I do have what I would consider a lot of experience just talking with people about this. And I also just love communication in general. This is just a topic that I I am a little bit passionate about, and I hope that comes through for you. So disclaimer here, this is only a small representation of people sharing you know, this was a couple of dozen dancers and maybe a dozen teachers who shared. And that does not mean that this is representative of the whole population or indicative of some kind of like, you know, really common problem. But I I will give some context just to kind of help support what they're saying and maybe share how, you know, how common this is from the dancers that gave feedback, etc., or how big of an issue I perceive it to be, that sort of thing. These also aren't necessarily like communication problems, but they're things that nonetheless the dancers have not told their teachers or maybe have told them but don't feel heard on. Maybe they don't know how to tell their teachers. Maybe they feel like they just can't or they're refusing to for some other reason. So hopefully you don't feel like this is a beat down on teachers for not being everything. We know that teachers can't be absolutely everything, and I will also support you as a teacher and say you cannot be everything to everyone. You can't know everything, but listening to this podcast might help you learn something new, and I think it shows that you're willing and open to growing as a teacher and to bettering yourself just in relationships in general. Okay, so keep in mind that most of these answers are paraphrased. Some of them were combined with each other if they're similar or if they're echoing the same sentiment. So let's start with the dancers. Um, The question for dancers was, what is something you wish you could tell your teacher? Or something you wish your teacher knew? Dear teacher, I need more mental health support from you. Now, this was the most common answer by far. There were a lot of people who said something to this effect, if not literally, I need mental health support. I don't have a whole lot of comments because you're not a mental health professional, but this is a huge aspect to dancing. Everyone who works in some kind of people role Um, I think needs to be at least educated on this and can help dancers get the resources that they need to navigate it. Along with that, dance is a lot of pressure and sometimes you add to this pressure. So that's that's really sad (laughs) that this dancer is feeling pressure from their teacher and as a teacher you should be the one who isn't providing additional pressure and instead is helping them through the pressures that they do feel. So hopefully you can kind of take that to heart, just knowing and being aware of their mental state and where they're at and what they need. You know, you can make sure that you're not adding to their burden or, you know, expecting things of them that maybe isn't for their best. Also along this vein, please have more awareness for eating disorders. And again, anyone working with people, especially in some kind of health 
related setting should have basic knowledge, basic awareness about this, especially I would think how to spot it and how to help someone who's dealing with that, whether they're aware of it or they're actually currently going through treatment for it. And I think that the governing bodies of Irish dance can do a better job of providing education and training on this. But for now, it seems mostly up to the teachers to gather that information and know how to best help their students. I need to do drills in class, not just my dances. And I, I do know that there are a number of teachers who don't really do drills, either because they don't know how to or they feel like this is dance class, we need to dance, and the best way to get better is to do your whole dance every time. Um, and I do think that there's some validity to that, but th- as we'll kind of talk about later, like you need to change with the times, and now drills are really important, conditioning is really important. And maybe even if you don't do it in class so much, you need to help guide the dancers into figuring out how to do it on their own. All right, so this is a big one and one of my favorite ones. It's okay to ask for outside help. You're not a failure for doing that. And this was also kind of echoed by many different dancers. It seems like they get the impression that either their teacher is trying to do everything themselves, whether that's a conscious choice or an impression or, you know, subconscious, and they're just not bringing in anybody to help where there might be weaknesses or gaps in information. And that's really affecting the students. Dancers expect a lot from their teachers, and I think that's pretty reasonable for them to expect in a position uh, from someone who's in a position of authority, especially in like a coach role. But no one can do it all, and Even if you're well-educated in all the different aspects of Irish dance, like you can't know everything. So it's really important to either outsource that or have somebody else on your staff who can kind of help fill in those gaps. And it was great for a dancer to share this with the teacher because I think teachers might often hear the other side of it and feel like they have to do or at least feel like their students expect them to be everything for them. And so I really liked this one. Please treat everyone equally, both competitive and non-competitive dancers. In a world of competition-dominant dancers, often the non-competitive dancers kind of just get pushed to the side and maybe don't get the opportunities that the competitive dancers do or aren't allowed to progress quite as quickly in terms of what they're being pushed to do in class. So they still want to learn and progress even if they're not competing. I feel like there is a disconnect between what you think I do for training and what I actually do. And this is a relatively simple thing to me because if dancers and teachers would communicate on both sides, so dancers initiating and teachers initiating, then there would be a little bit more of an understanding about what's actually going on, what's actually being done for training, the work that a dancer is putting in, because I think some teachers may not recognize that, but also that a teacher may also be expecting too much of a student when they can't, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more later too. Your lack of understanding of body mechanics, structural weaknesses and imbalances, injuries and rehab, injury prevention and prehab, and or how to safely cross-train and condition my body for dance is impacting me negatively. And, man, this is another big one. 
It makes sense that a lot of teachers are well-versed in training Irish dancers and teaching Irish dance. You've done it for years, but the lack of education and awareness on some of these things is, is just a big issue. There are so many resources out there nowadays for all of these things. There are Irish dance-specific people for all of these things, in addition to mindset and mental health and all sorts of things. It's pretty easy for teachers and students to find these resources in order to get help. Um, But that being said, I think teachers it is better for the students if the teachers have this basic awareness some dancers, especially older dancers, don't don't feel supported and don't feel understood when the specific needs of their body are not taken into account by their teachers or when they're being forced to do something that they think is not good for them. And dancers just need to be able to have that kind of support and knowledge coming from the person that is expecting them to do all this different dance stuff. So subpoint here, other comments that were related to it. The way we did things in the 90s just doesn't cut it anymore. And this was specifically in reference to dealing with injuries and being aware of injuries and preventing them. And I definitely would agree with that. And I've personally danced for teachers who seem to not have quite enough awareness. And I'm going to say seem because it just seems like they don't have quite enough awareness and might expect dancers to do things that are just too much for their body and not healthy or safe. Um, Another comment relating to this, basic footwork, possibly something like brought in from ballet bar work, you know, some of the basic ballet moves could really help me and beginners too. Um, And she was just sharing that the, that foundation of body awareness and basic technical aspects to dance would really help her grow and is great for starting that healthy platform to build on as dancers progress. Please help me with some specific cross-training or workouts to supplement dance. And I'm going to add this, or point me to where I can find help for that. You as a teacher may not be the one to help someone with a cross-training plan. You might be able to help them structure their dance practices outside of class, but things that they can be working on at home or in the gym, most teachers can admittedly understand the need for cross-training and proper conditioning and stuff outside of dance class. So unless you plan to provide curriculum in classes or like provide extra classes for strength and conditioning, dancers need guidance on how to properly complete this because if you just leave them to their own devices, they could really injure themselves or be overdoing it or be like really being ineffective um, and doing the opposite of what is benefiting their dancing. So there are a couple different ways to say this next piece, so I'll just read them all for you. It may not look like it, but I'm really trying my hardest. Sometimes I need to keep being reminded of corrections, but that doesn't mean I'm not trying. Have patience and trust that I will get it over time, but not as quickly as others might. I know I suck, but I'm still trying. That was from four different people. (laughs) So it seems like something that dancers are not feeling 
the teacher understands or that they're, they're just not being heard, that they're, they're really trying hard. And I don't know what their definition of trying is compared to what the teacher might be expecting. But I think overall, this shows a breakdown in communication, right? If the dancer is feeling like they're trying and the teacher seemingly or is or is communicating to the dancer that maybe they're not trying their hardest, then that can be really discouraging for the student. This is also kind of related. I know my stamina sucks, but give me technical corrections to work on in the meantime. I need help to work on where my technique is lacking. This was submitted by a senior dancer, but I don't think it's relegated just to seniors by any means. Any, like, post-puberty dancer probably can echo this, especially someone coming out of uh, an injury or for those who can't really come to class very frequently. And I really resonated with this response. I had this issue when I came back from having my daughter last year. The disconnect was pretty bad between what I thought I looked like, like how I felt about my dancing, and what I actually looked like. And I really needed another set of eyes, somebody who could be objective, to kind of bridge that gap for me and help me see how I was actually dancing. And also, I knew my stamina was terrible. Like, I had to build everything back up after having time off and having birthed a baby. And so my stamina was coming, but it wasn't getting there very quickly. And I needed technique, like technical work to do in the meantime because that was something that I could control a little bit better. And so this dancer just expressed that she's frustrated with constantly getting comments about her stamina and work your stamina. And I totally understand just as she does, how important that is, especially if you want to be really competitive. But it seems like some teachers are not giving practical corrections that they can be working on in the meantime and just trying to focus on that one aspect. I know a lot of senior dancers face this, and so just keep that in mind, especially for those older dancers or the ones that might have outside life reasons as to why their stamina is a problem for them. Just because you expect me to practice every day doesn't mean I have the time. I think this could ring true for dancers of any age. I will say that it is probably more of a an older dancer, like a high school age dancer or older, that might have this problem. But if this is an expectation that a teacher has of students, I can totally see that. And it is reasonable to say if you want to do well, you need to practice outside of class. That being said, having that expectation of certain dancers who may not be able to can negatively affect them. I'm not a kid anymore. Don't act like I am. We're going to talk a little bit more about this when we talk about the struggles specifically relating to seniors, so I'm not going to go into that now. I wish you would stop complaining about how hard you have it, all the stuff that goes into being a teacher and how burned out you are. You signed up for this. There was a lot more to this comment and actually resulted in a pretty long conversation with this dancer, who's also a TA. The takeaways I'd like for teachers to get from this are twofold. So one, your dancers see this stuff. Like they can see when you're unhappy or when you're just complaining and having a bad attitude about your job. And sometimes it might just be 
moments that you're doing that, even behind the scenes, not necessarily in class. Um, This particular dancer was privy to it because she's older and relied upon by her teachers. But nonetheless, she still was like, I don't want to hear this stuff. And also, if you are feeling burnt out, if you do have a struggle with the balance of teaching and other things, get help. Do something about it. Like, take a break. Go on vacation. Find another teacher. Get another staff member. Get a TA. Like, whatever you need in order to help you. And this dancer felt like her teachers didn't want to do anything in order to improve their their feeling or the situation. And two, be careful who you vent to. Uh, this girl was a trusted, older teacher assistant type dancer. She's been around for a really long time and is also a really good listener. But she's not been able to tell her teachers, or at least not been able to tell her teachers so bluntly, that they need to knock it off and that she doesn't like it. And so if you have a dancer like this, just keep that in mind that they may not really like that. Uh, They may not be saying anything to you, but it may not be the best for you to continue to go to them that kind of complainy, negative attitude. I don't like your choreography. It's from the 1980s. It kind of cracked me up, but I think it's a really good comment to say. I think it ties in well when we talk about teachers who are refusing to outsource or who try to do it all or think they know best or who don't change with the times, don't try to improve. And maybe you need to update some things and your dancers might appreciate it if they get to do some stuff that's a little bit more trendy. I wish we had more open dialogue and I wish for us to be able to have honest communication. I really appreciate honest feedback. So a handful of dancers seem to have difficult relationships with their teachers as to where they don't really trust them or or don't feel like they're getting honest feedback from them. Some dancers aren't even getting anything, really, like they're just going to class and not really getting corrections or not really getting anything that is useful to them. But if the lines of communication were opened and people were willing to be honest with each other, I think this could be alleviated, at least in part. I can tell when you've given up on me. Dang. This one's a toughie. I see it from both ways. Obviously, that is terrible for the dancer to to be able to see that and to be feeling that way. At the same time, this is only how the dancer is interpreting the behavior and words of the teacher. So it's not necessarily what the teacher is intending to communicate, but that's just how the dancer is receiving it. So if there is a dancer that feels this way, I would see that as a sign of lack of good communication I think the student has a responsibility to talk with the teacher about that feeling, and I think that the teacher has a responsibility to be aware about things that they might be doing to give this impression. I need your guidance more than I tell you. So maybe they aren't comfortable asking for your help. I think it's okay to prioritize dancers based on their needs, but not if you're making assumptions about people's needs or prioritizing a dancer that maybe could do okay or only focusing on one dancer. A little bit of context for this. This specific comment was from a dancer who brought up a a very specific incident where she was not watched 
at a competition that was important to her. She was not supported during that period either, and she really needed her teacher but had no idea how to get in touch with her, and just basically her teacher was not there for her to guide her through that difficult competition. So I guess lesson would be to not write off dancers and to make sure that you're on the same page as them. Maybe just a check-in of how they're doing or what they might need or what they're expecting of you could be really helpful in this. And prioritize based on that, not based on your assumptions. Um, That might be helpful as well. I value it when you check in on my goals and what I may need to be doing in order to reach them. So that kind of tags on to what we were just saying. Uh, And a lot of people actually mentioned having some kind of check-in or goal. And this just shows me that there needs to be opportunities for communication. And it often, it would often be best to come from the teacher. I don't think students need to have that responsibility. I think the teacher can be the one to guide them and lead them and check in with them. And, you know, to that end, too, teachers may not always understand or know the goals that a dancer may have. A dancer might not even have goals because they don't know how to go about making them. And so how can you effectively coach someone without knowing where they're trying to go? You know, if they're really trying to go hard and reach this lofty goal, like you want to be able to push them and support them in that and maybe give them extra resources in order to get there. Whereas if it's someone who's like, I just mostly doing it as a hobby. I'm just trying to come to class as much as I can and I'll do my personal best at Aractus, whatever the case is, you know, you're going to treat that dancer a little bit differently. Or you also might be able to say, hey, look, I think you can actually do more than just recall at Aractus. Let's talk about your goals. So anytime there's a disconnect between um, what the dancer wants and what the teacher thinks the dancer wants or what the teacher wants for the dancer, then the training is going to be ineffective. When you say you believe in me, it makes my wings grow in my back. And this is a great one to end on. It was just really encouraging for her to say this. First of all, we had quite a few negative comments, but also it shows how impactful a teacher's words can be. As simple as, I believe in you, or, you know, even sometimes just saying good job, like, can really impact a dancer. You have the ability as a teacher to speak into your dancers, your students, and help them grow and to build their confidence. And it's a great opportunity for you to do that. And when you don't take it, you're doing your students a disservice. There's a lot of dancers, certainly, who don't hear anything positive from their teacher at all. And I know some also only hear positive things <laughs> and aren't really getting enough correction. And so that that can be a problem, obviously, as well, when the dancer thinks they're constantly doing a great job, great job, great job, and not really getting a lot of constructive criticism. Like, I had a teacher who pretty much only said, not only said, but she often said, not bad. And I hated it when she said that because it was like, great, it wasn't bad, it wasn't terrible, but where can I improve? Show me how I can improve. And also, it's still not good enough because you're not saying that was excellent. And so that's not really helpful feedback to tell a dancer all the time. Like, you really need to be able to balance that with constructive, but also honest and helpful feedback. I'll jump on my soapbox a little bit here also um, before we end here. 
dancers often miss what they're not expecting to hear or what they have a hard time believing. So sometimes teachers are giving positive feedback or are giving constructive feedback and people just aren't hearing it because they have a hard time accepting that criticism or they just don't have a lot of self-belief and they're not expecting to hear it. Especially maybe if you're mostly a negative teacher and so you're not, you don't really give a whole lot of praise very frequently. And so that's not a free pass for teachers to be like, oh, well, I don't need to be responsible for what I'm saying when my intentions are good and it's the problem of the dancer on the receiving end. That's not a free pass. But I think it's important to try to meet every dancer where they're at as best you can and try to learn uh, maybe how they grow or what they need to hear and how they need to hear it because it, it can be really challenging to make sure that your message is actually being received well by a dancer. All right, so lots of good stuff there. And just remember, these don't describe all of the experiences of everybody. And so I'm actually hoping that you feel empowered by this and maybe feel like you have some opportunities to grow in the area of communication. Maybe have a a little check-in with yourself of some things that you might be able to do differently. We're all growing here. Dancers are growing. Teachers are growing. As long as we are able to extend grace to each other and try try our hardest to to make things effective, I think that'll benefit everybody. All right, so even though this was mostly directed for teachers, I did also ask teachers to kind of give their little dear dancer uh, response. So the question for teachers was, what's something you struggle to communicate with to your dancers? Or alternately, what do you wish your dancers knew? I'm not a teacher, uh, but I will add a little bit of commentary that's a little devil's advocate especially in light of what the dancers shared above. And I think also that these these populations are different. So there isn't a lot of overlap between these dear teacher sentiments compared to the dear dancer ones. Like I think the dear dancer comments are directed at a different population of students. So that's the good news, at least the way I see it. Dear Dancer, you're not going to win if you sit on your butt at every available opportunity. That is very true. You need to get up and work hard in class. Okay. Dedicated practice will result in reaching goals. Mm -hmm. I wish you would work hard and dance properly even when I'm not looking. Because if you're slacking off anytime the teacher's eyes aren't on you, then you're not practicing effectively. And I see this as a character issue. I think there are people who naturally are going to do things right and have a good sense of integrity and a good work ethic, and then there are those who don't. So those who don't naturally have this, uh, maybe it's just something that you can help instill in them and help them learn that concept. Irish dance is more like piano than soccer. You can't just show up. You have to practice. Again, great analogy. You can't just come to class and you can't just sit on your butt. You actually have to be practicing in order to get better. We don't have favorites. We just work with dedicated dancers easier. Some people might agree and some people might disagree, but I do think that this is true. Like I think it often correlates to who the dedicated dancers are. So who's actually there? Who's showing up? Who's actually making an effort? Who's being helpful? Who's being a role model for other dancers? You know, those are the dancers that people are tending to 
are going to tend to like better. They're going to probably get along with people a little bit better. And as a result, they might end up being a favorite of a, of a teacher. I can only give you harder steps when your technique makes it safe enough for you to do them. As much as this issue has been around since the dawn of Irish dance, I think it's even worse in the social media age, but I have talked about this before on the podcast, so I'm not going to get into it again right now. It'll be okay. One fesh is not the end of your career. You'll have more chances. This is true. That being said, dancers might need reinforcement. So from what we heard from the dancers earlier, they often need the support from their teacher to help them deal with disappointment or a bad day or whatever. And you can't be everything to every dancer, but you can have a little bit of compassion. So if someone's really struggling with a disappointing result or a bad day of dancing or anything else that's like, oh, the end of the world, just try to be compassionate and help them navigate that and grow through it and acknowledge their feelings too. Dancers seem to feel like their feelings are not always acknowledged by their teachers. So that's a great way that you can connect with your student and build that trust. Yes, you worked hard. The other kid just worked harder. This is mostly true for sure. Um, I just want to put a little bit of a caveat on that. That is not always true. And this is coming from my own personal experience, which I recognize is not most experiences out there. But I did tend to have really good results, even when I didn't work hard. And I know that a lot of times the other dancers that I was competing against were working way harder than I was, and I was the one beating them. So take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. And I firmly believe hard work beats talent when talent does not work hard, that old saying. So just wanted to share my little bit of experience here, uh, but it certainly will be true of a lot of cases, the majority of cases, when a child is just not putting in, or a senior, an adult, is not putting in the effort that they need to in order to get the results that they're looking for. Okay, this teacher was frustrated that she was going over stuff from several months ago in class and feeling like it was because the dancers had not been practicing on their own. And so she was saying, like, do I need to be harder on you? Do I need to be more strict? Are you just not practicing? Why are we going over things in class that we were that were taught months ago? And not all dancers can practice outside of class. Not all know how to. Some do, and they're just going to be slower, as we've heard. But she's really feeling annoyed, desperate, frustrated because she wants to be progressing the students in class. And seemingly, because they're not practicing, she's still going over the same things that everyone should have been dealing, like, they should have gotten past at this point. I feel like my higher level dancers are a-okay with being mediocre. And it started with that um, they wanted their dancers to practice in order to improve. But I, I, I liked this one. I think there are a lot of dancers who are okay being mediocre and aren't going to push themselves. And as a teacher, it can be really sad to see these dancers not wanting to apply themselves in class. And I totally validate you that that is an okay feeling to have. That being said, there's only so much you can push and the inner motivation that they need in order to get better, it may just not be there. So you can either try to coax it out um, or you can kind of just leave it alone. But it also might be worth talking to the dancers about that and being like, look, 
why are you okay settling? Why are you okay just being mediocre? I want more for you. And I think some teachers just may not have even bothered having that conversation. I'm also on board with the flip side. I'm totally okay with you being mediocre. I want you to love dancing, not winning. But being okay with you being a non-champion is very different than being okay with being a non-worker. This teacher also said that um, they've never really found a good way to say this. So I guess this is the platform for them to express this to their dancers. And I think there are a lot of dancers who are willing to settle for less than they can be because they don't want to work hard or they don't want to apply themselves. And I think a lot of the other comments that we've already talked about kind of speak to this a little bit, so I don't feel like I need to go too much deeper, but it it was worth saying to the dancers, I think. It's just a difficult thing to communicate, and in part of this discussion, another teacher chimed in and said, I feel like since I've only ever had teenage champions, the younger kids don't know it's possible to be good that young. And I think that's another good point as well, because there are oftentimes a lot of younger dancers who don't have role models that are younger or don't have dancers that are better than themselves. And I can speak from personal experience and say that if there's not someone better than you at your school, it can be very difficult to progress or to know how far you need to progress in order to be winning or just having general success at competition. And the times that I've had someone better than me or at least someone comparable to me to the point where we pushed each other in class, that's when I've gotten better, faster. And so I definitely can see that could be a problem as well. So this comment is directed towards more hardworking and passionate but middle-of-the-pack dancers. I find it difficult to manage expectations and be frank with you about how you will probably place at competitions. I don't want to discourage you from working towards your goals or hurt your feelings. This teacher was just sharing that she tends to not talk about these things with some of these students who are in this category for her because it's really difficult. It's a really challenging thing to communicate to a dancer when they might have all these lofty goals of going to the world championships or something like that. And the reality is a lot of dancers are not going to get to that point no matter how hard they work or they may just not be in that point in life where they're able to give dance that much. So this is just a challenge for her to communicate. But I think this goes back to talking to those dancers and helping them see themselves with real eyes because it can be a big difference between how they see themselves and how they're actually going to be placing. And then also managing that disappointment, like like it said, um, managing those expectations. So definitely a challenge that a lot of teachers may face with their dancers. I mean, statistically, it's likely that you're going to have somebody like this in your class. I've made the mistakes, taken the slow road, ignored advice, etc. Now as a teacher, I'm trying to save you from those mistakes. If you'd listen and apply what I tell you, you'll reach your goals so much faster. What else do you say to that? Like the teacher has gone through it before. They've been in your shoes. They've been a competitor. Most of the time your teacher has gone through everything that you're experiencing and the teacher is there to try to say, hey, I went through this and you can just do this and it'll help. 
as we learned earlier, a lot of dancers don't have that kind of guidance, or at least don't feel they have that kind of guidance. But nonetheless, dancers, your teachers are there to help you and to try to save you from making as much mistakes or from from not progressing as quickly as you could based on their own experiences. And so along with that, we were in your shoes not too long ago. Some teachers were there longer ago than others, but again, they were, they've been there. They've been there, done that. They know what you're going through. It's okay to have a slack day, but you can't have them all the time and then expect sympathy when things don't go your way. It's okay to have a slack day. It's okay to have balance in your life and to give yourself some grace. But if you don't have any kind of consistency, having sympathy from your teacher is going to be a challenge and you shouldn't expect that. That being said, on the teacher's end, empathy can go a long way for your dancers. So if you have empathy with dancers who might struggle with this, that may be worth your while and may really impact that dancer. Not everyone can have the mental stability um, or the emotional health to deal with this kind of thing effectively. It's not just about your scores and placements. If you're not in it for another reason, you'll come away disappointed. People tend to forget the bad competitions and remember their highlights. Don't obsess over that. Don't worry about that. Try to have some kind of other goal beyond just a results-based one. Uh, This is something that I've been implementing in my own pursuit, in my own training, that I think has really positively affected me. And a lot of dancers just don't realize that and don't know their why. You know, they don't know why they're still in it if they haven't reached X goal. Because really, that's not in your control. You can only control yourself. So on that note, then, our last one here, forget about your competition. Focus on yourself and what you're doing. Try to better yourself. I think that one is pretty self-explanatory. We don't need to compare ourselves to others. We don't need to obsess over who your competition is or who's going to be at what fesh or what judges you might be having. Just better yourself and do the best you can be. All right, so that wraps up the formal question-answer portion And let's talk about some of the struggles that are specific to senior dancers. Um, So a lot of the things we already talked about in the Dear Teacher section, but I also added a couple other ones in here that were submitted. So I'll just read through them all real quick. I can't be at dance five times a week, but I'm still practicing on my own. Being a senior dancer means balancing a lot more than my teenage classmates. Don't treat me like a kid. I'm not a kid. I don't think you understand how I'm having to balance dance. Dance is your whole life and always has been. I have a full-time corporate job, commute, and live on my own. I need your guidance more than I tell you. Just because you expect me to practice every day doesn't mean I have the time. I feel like there is a disconnect between what you think I do for training and what I actually do. So it can be really hard for teachers to know how to navigate this relationship with a senior dancer. A lot of times you're teaching them for many years as a kid and then they suddenly grow into a senior dancer um, and they're an adult and they're independent and they have other responsibilities. And I think of how parents 
struggle to learn to relate to their children as adults once they get to that point in life and how it can be difficult to see see another person correctly based on where they're at in life. So it can definitely be hard, especially if you've been with this person for a really long time and you've built up that kind of closeness, that kind of relationship with them. But let's talk about the expectations of senior dancers. They cannot be the same as that of a younger dancer. I feel this hardcore as a mom, wife, a homeowner, small business owner slash runner, just adult in general with an older body. I feel this so much. And I've also been in school when I've been competing. I've had a full-time job and been married while I've been competing. So I am no stranger to the feeling like a teacher might expect too much of me or might just not really know how to help me very well. You know, there are a lot of teachers who may not understand these struggles because dance is their life or they've never had a job outside of teaching or they may not have kids or have a a significant other. You know, they just might not understand these challenges or even the commute time. I mean, I've heard from some teachers, you know, well, I grew up doing that every day of the week uh, for 10 years and I did my homework in the car and You know, I think it's a little bit different when you are a student who has a parent who can drive you. But if you're an adult who has to drive yourself, who has a job until 5, 5.30 each day, or maybe even a job with crazier hours. Um, I know a couple of dancers who work the night shift. There are some real life challenges that affect seniors that just do not apply to any other younger dancer. And to expect of your seniors the same thing that you do of your teenagers you're also just not even considering the fact that their bodies are older. I I cannot do as much dancing as I used to be able to do sheerly because I am older. And I know there are plenty of dancers who are really fit and have, you know, been able to keep up a high level of dancing for a long time, you know, into their 30s. There are people who are very, very well conditioned who are on tour and even some folks in the senior competitions at a world-class level who are able to do that. But personally, and I'm not the only person with this issue, I can't dance as much as I used to be able to. I can't have my shoes on for a long period of time without experiencing pain. There are certain things that I cannot do because it will push my body to an unhealthy point where I'm susceptible to injury or I will get injured. When I am injured, I have to take other sorts of protocols to heal myself. I may not be able to recover as quickly. I may have to miss class because I'm sick or my child is sick. Uh, My husband may not be home. Uh, I may not have a car to get there. I might have homework or to, to work on a presentation for tomorrow. Like there's all sorts of things in the real world that affect working or family or college age dancers that just don't apply to other populations. No matter how you have that senior dancer, please try to have some compassion and understanding for where they're at and have realistic expectations of what they can do outside of dance class and what they can do inside of dance class. You know, there's just a lot more 
on the plates of senior dancers that either either the teachers just don't seem to communicate that very well that they understand or they just don't understand. So just as a teacher, if you have these older dancers, these older students, please try to encourage them and validate them and appropriately expect things of them. And let me say this too, though, just because I'm a senior dancer, just because I'm a mom, just because of whatever, doesn't mean that I want you to go easy on me. Doesn't mean that I don't have lofty goals still for myself. As realistic as I'm trying to be with my goals, as much as I understand that there are times that I cannot train, I still have goals. I still want to achieve stuff in Irish dancing. And I think that there are teachers who don't see that or don't don't listen to their dancers who want that. That's, again, you're doing your dancer a disservice by not having that level of understanding and that level of communication with them. I think that actually leads into this last little bit that I had skipped over before, but I, I do really, I, I think it's important. About trust, because I've heard a lot of teachers say, oh, I need my students to trust me. You just need to trust me. I know better. I'm here to coach you. I'm here to guide you. Just trust me. And I believe it's in the dancer's best interest to do that. Like, I I think that's a good idea to have that kind of relationship. But it can be a really hard thing sometimes for dancers to do that if they aren't given reasons to trust you um, or if you just aren't trustworthy. I know there are some teachers who expect a lot of their dancers and, um, you know, just don't have the relationship that deserves that level of trust, and that can be really difficult. So I think, for me at least, there are four different things that I want to list here. It, It can be really difficult for dancers to trust you if you don't explain your methods, just saying that they work or something like that. Um, especially if your methods are outdated or really if you just can't give me a reason why. Like at this point in my life, especially, I need to know why I'm doing something and not just because I'm telling you to or because I because it works. I, I, especially because there's a lot of research out there to show that there are definitely more effective ways to train and less effective ways to train. And so I want to know the most effective way to train possible and not just for you to say, oh, just trust me, because that shows me maybe that I shouldn't trust you. Number two, if you're not considering their needs or not listening to them, if your dancer doesn't feel heard, if they don't feel like they can come to you with things if you do not seem to care about what they need. They're not going to want to trust you. If a dancer doesn't feel like you trust them enough to know that they know their own bodies, that they know what might be too much for them, or when they need to take a break or sit something out or miss class, it can be difficult for students to feel like they're being respected and then therefore have respect for you. Why would I respect someone who I feel doesn't even respect my own body and my own decisions? Especially as an older dancer, I've had 20 plus years of experience being a dancer and 20 plus years of being alive on this earth, learning about myself, learning about my own needs. 
So while you might be older than me and with more experience than me, you're not the one in my body. You're not the one feeling the things that I feel, and you probably don't know the needs that I have better than I do. I've talked with many dancers before who feel like their teacher doesn't respect them and doesn't seem to understand their own choices with their body. And I know that it can be hard for teachers to feel like they can balance this well because they are a coach and they are there to push you. Ultimately, they're there to help you get better and maybe to see things that you aren't able to see or to help you navigate the feelings that you are having in your body or your mind. And for dancers who may not have very good self-awareness, the teacher might be the one to be able to help them balance themselves better and learn about their bodies and what they need. But for the ones who have self-awareness and are trying to assert themselves and make good decisions related to their health, they need to be trusted and they need to feel respected or else it's going to be very difficult for them to trust and respect you back. Number three, treating them like crap. Okay, number four, not supporting them with things that they need, especially for things like mental health, weight management, cross-training, presentation on stage, their look, etc. If you can't be the person to help with those things, obviously you can seek outside guidance um, or choose to educate yourself on that. But if they don't feel supported in all of those different aspects of dance and feel like you don't know anything or you can't help them or you don't have time for them, Whatever it is, um, that's the problem there, the disconnect. If they don't get supported, then they probably aren't going to trust you. I would really want every dancer to be able to fully trust their teacher and to feel supported by them and to feel like they can bring up concerns. So if that isn't something that you have with your dancers, regardless of how many students you have, Building the rapport can be harder with more, but it is still just as valuable. Like, just consider that before you expect them to trust you, because maybe, maybe there's something hindering them from doing that. You know, I, I really try to encourage people to talk to their teacher if they're having problems, because I want the teacher to have the opportunity to change. I want to give the teacher the benefit of the doubt, especially because so much stuff can be lost in translation or just surely misunderstood by a dancer who, you know, is just hell-bent on thinking one way, and that's actually maybe not completely true. And so I will encourage them to do that, but I think as a teacher, you have a lot of responsibility, too, to make sure that your dancers feel like you're a trustworthy person, that they know that you're being honest with them, and if you're not being honest with them, that's a whole different story. But, you know, facilitate that as best you can with your students and with your parents, and everybody will be better off for that. And don't feel afraid to admit to yourself that this might be an area that you need to work on. That's totally okay. All right, so that's pretty much it on my end for this podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you got something good out of it. Uh, whether you're a dancer or a teacher. Um, I really do hope that something was said to maybe help you empathize with someone or consider a different point of view than what you usually have on some issue. And I really do 
Thank you for listening, and thank you so much to Courtney for letting me come in and guest host for her. So for Diana Dirsch and the TCRG to CEO podcast for today, I am out. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on TCRG to CEO Radio. Thank you so much to Diana for doing this episode for us. She came up with the idea, and it's one that I never would have thought to make a podcast about, but I know it gave me a lot to think about as I listened to it, and I think it's going to give dancers and teachers out there a lot to think about as well. As always, we will have a conversation starter in the Facebook group for listeners, and I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway was, either as a dancer, something that you might think to communicate to your teacher, or if you're a teacher, something that you want to communicate to your dancers after listening to this episode. Just so that you know, uh, Diana covered it a little bit. Obviously, Arakta's season is super busy for all of us. As much as I would love to get episodes out on a weekly basis like you're used to, it's very, very hard when this is a side passion project and free time is running awfully low these days. But this is why it was awesome to have Diana here to take over the uh, podcast for the week. And I hope that it's been worth the wait. As Diana mentioned, I've also been a little bit quieter on my social media, on my stories, and posting a little bit less. And again, it's because I'm busy. And um, recently I had someone talk to me about social media, and uh, not everyone out there likes what I post, which is fine. Uh, not everyone has to like what I post, but it does make it a little bit harder to show up. So just wanted to add that in here for anyone who is listening until the end. You guys are obviously the people that really love and support the podcast, and you guys are the ones that I want to serve. So I wanted to make sure that you guys got to hear a little bit why as to um, the quietness over on Instagram. But as always, would love to hear from you in the group, and you can always message me over on Instagram. Hopefully, I'll be back to posting a little bit more regularly soon. So that's it for this week of TCRG to CEO Radio. I guess I should probably say that that's it for like this month. No, I won't say that. But it's been a while, and hopefully I will have another episode out there for you soon. The proposed topic of the NAFC convention is going to have to go on hold for a little bit. But I'm thinking of doing a little bit of a reflection leading up to the Oroctas. I don't know if anyone's interested in that. You can, of course, let me know what you would be interested in hearing about uh, over on Instagram or in the group. So until next time, this has been Diana mostly and just a little bit of me at the end. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on TCRG to CEO Radio.